Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit capital.com and start your trading journey today. If you are speaking in front of a group of people on stage, in a meeting, whatever, uh, if you're in a meeting, I would always advocate standing up. I am standing doing this. I prefer to stand, but also the way you come across is different. Um, if you are standing on stage and doing it, think to yourself, if everybody forgets everything you've, you say and they remember one thing, what's that one thing that you want them to remember? You know, what's the most important thing? Define it. Start with it. End with it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Lulu. My guest is award-winning journalist Nima Abuwerde, who spent over two decades on global television. You might recognize her as the presenter from the Middle East Business Report on the BBC World. Nima regularly chairs and is a speaker at regional and global gatherings. She also runs training programs across the world, working with C-level executives on effective communications and with a specific lens and focus on women in leadership. We're going to be discussing how we as entrepreneurs and business leaders can communicate effectively. And Nima is going to provide us with a toolbox that we can use in our day-to-day lives to get what we want. Nima, it's so good to have you on the show. It's lovely to be here. You've spent over two decades interviewing politicians, uh, business people, leaders from across the world. What has been some of the most rewarding moments in that career? Well, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, from for me, it's been the little tiny stories that nobody would have ever known about if we hadn't mm-hmm. gone and done it. So, yeah, I mean, fine, you know, hooray, big names, big, you know, the headline um, names and brands have been part of the program and great. But personally, it's been the tiny things like uh, there's a guy in Morocco. So this was when um, there had been a uh, bombing that had gone off. Many people had died. Suicide bombers had gone off uh, in Casablanca. And we went to cover, you know, why does this happen? At the same time, there was a conference going on across the water in southern Europe to look at you know, how do we stop these people coming over in their boats and that kind of thing. So it's like, really? So these guys had just blown themselves up with other people because they have nothing to live for, essentially. A lot of it is economic deprivation. And the politicians, the great and the good, are in a conference to say, how do we stop the ones who don't blow themselves up from coming here? And there's a guy who lives, who was from a shanty town, essentially, one of these really poverty-stricken places. And he he started beating out pieces of metal to create air conditioning cover u- covers for the units, right? And he created this factory. And by the time we got there, you know, years later, he was building another factory down the road in the next shanty town. And he employed 75 people. These people were young men, mostly, who would have been on what, what were called, essentially, and still are, the boats of death, right? Or who knows what else they would have decided. 
and if not the boats of death or killing themselves, a lot of them would end up in prison. So this one guy, Muhammad, wow, what a story. He was solving things his way while other people just talked. That for me is just it, that brilliant, it lives on, you know? It's about the one person having a direct impact on many people's lives. And these are often stories that you don't necessarily hear a lot about in the media. No, you don't, unfortunately. I mean, what takes up the headlines is things like, oh, there's a meeting going on across the water with all the leaders and so mm -hmm. on. I'm personally, you know, like, <laughs> um, I've stepped away from, from media in the way that I used to do it. I'm all, I'm totally into democratizing information and uh, enabling people to get past gatekeepers. So in other words, wow, what an era we live in. You can look at us, what we're doing right now, right? You don't need to get approval from the BBC for us to do this. We yes. just own our space, right? We're doing it. That is what really interests me. And uh, you know, I call this permission-free, raising your profile, broadcasting, you name it. All the tech is there, do it. Brilliant era to be alive in, really. And social media has brought this forward at, at an unforeseen scale, right? Everybody all of a sudden has a platform to be able to talk about whatever they want. Some people use it for good, some people use it for questionable reasons. But ultimately, leaders, politicians and business leaders and entrepreneurs, everybody essentially has these platforms at their disposal and they need to learn how to use it you know, in the best possible way. This is what I you're think, working on. Well, I mean, uh, what I'm working on is the, what I've come to realize is at the core of what we all need and we're not taught, right? Which is how do you communicate effectively? Now, if you think about it, my whole life has been based on this. So whether you are interviewing somebody or you're on a stage speaking at a conference or moderating or whatever, it all boils down to what are you getting across? So you're getting across either what you need or what you want or what you do. That's it. There is nothing else that we communicate. We communicate what we need, what we want, what we do. So with social media influences and all that sort of stuff, sometimes it's like sharing information. I want you to know this or I want this lifestyle. You know, it, it boils down to one of those three things. And what I want to say is that instead of it being something that people in leadership positions have access to, I want people to have access to this. What do I mean? If you think about it, the way the corporate world is set up and, and media training and communicoms, all this sort of stuff, there's a lot of it that is focused on the upper echelons of power, right? Oh, you are leadership material. You are top executive. You are the C-suite. Yes, I'm going to invest more in you. I'm going to hire somebody like me, for example, to go and train people. Um, a few things happened a few years ago that made me realize, wait a minute, People need these skills, not just the people at the top. It's not fair that people generally don't have these skills. And if you think about it, people who are great at this stuff, this, this sort of um, thing that you can't really put your finger on it, this ability to communicate effectively with impact and influence, they're the ones who do really well, even if what they're selling is rubbish. <laughs> That's how I see it, because they have the razzmatazz and the, you know, they get people's attention, right? So um, yeah, that's my big, my big thing is passing on the toolbox to communicating effectively, which sounds so boring. And but it so means simple, but so hard. 
Yeah, but it, but it's all doable if you break things down to the literally the Lego building blocks of how do I do this? So yeah, there you go. That's what I do. I love it because it changes people's lives, you know? Absolutely. So instead of just advocating for a company, a corporation, a product, forget that. I'd much rather teach somebody how to advocate for their own product if they have invented or created something or a company or whatever, or for themselves if they need something to change so that they stay on their path and they're not hitting a wall or having to step away or, you know, that kind of thing. So we should all become better communicators and leverage all of these tools that are our disposal at our disposal. Well, you know, I mean, look, um, Lulu, the, the thing is, like any uh, gap in the market or opportunity, you have a whole bunch of people who would jump on it, right? Mm -hmm. And I find that... <laughs> I, I like to simplify complicated things. So I find that a lot of people like to complicate things so that they keep kind of like ownership of it. Like, oh, I've got the secret ingredient to doing this. <laughs> and I'm going to make it so complicated and have acronyms and language and things like that and make you know, barriers and boundaries. I'm like, hey, I'm done. There are no boundaries. Let's share. And this is how I do it. And I'm happy to simplify because I want to enable you, right? But you're very right. So like at school, does anybody ever teach us, hey, you want to get somebody's attention? This is how you do it. This is how the brain works. This is what gets people noticing you and remembering what you say. Nobody does this, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. So we, you know, fear, fear of public speaking, I think is the number one fear that people state even more than fearing death. So what is it that, you know, because you talked about the brain. So what is it that overwhelms us with all these negative emotions? Why are we so terrified of public speaking? So, I mean, again, this is just my conclusion, right? People often say, I'm, I'm really scared of being interviewed or really scared of being in the public domain because mm -hmm. I don't know what the question is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be asked. I don't know what is going to be, you know, in other words, they don't know if they've got the response that is appropriate to the situation. What I actually believe is something different. I believe that what people are really scared of is being made to look like a fool. Mm -hmm. That's what it boils down to. So it's not being scared of being interviewed or the media or public speaking per se, it's actually the root of that, which is like, damn, I'm really worried that I'm going to look like an idiot at some point because I'm going to forget or I'm going to stutter or I'm going to sweat so much it shows through my clothes. I mean, these things really happen, right? Mm -hmm. Or that I'm standing there, I'm looking across all these people and I, I can't breathe, you know? Yes. So it's about, I always, for me, it's like, don't tell me a big sweeping. I'm not talking about you now. I'm talking generally when people use these big statements. I always say, let's break it down. Which bit of it is the issue? Is it the fact that you need to do some breathing and center yourself? and Because you, you own this. You're brilliant. You know your stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's enable, you know? A lot of it is because people are literally shot into the, into the spotlight but they haven't got the toolbox to to be okay right and because there's a literally met metaphorical and literal spotlight uh you think you think that people are going to remember every single thing that you said every single thing that you did every single thing that happened but they're not 
Yeah. There's there, there's two ways I think when it comes to public speaking. There's obviously you speaking at an event or a conference in front of a lot of people, but there's also the fear of sometimes even speaking one on one with someone who is that you see as potentially. Uh, in, in a better position or somehow able to judge you or something. So there's there's that fear as well. Absolutely. And I'll give you an example. Actually, just yesterday, um, we had parent-teacher evening over the uh, Zoom. And um, one of the teachers who I disagree with something that they do uh, was really nervous about... She'd never met me before, virtually or physically. She's a new teacher. And... She started, it, the, the meeting started and she was like, you know, you could tell she's got all this inside her and she thinks, What's, what is this woman going to do or say? And that's exactly it, isn't it? It's like, you've got all this and like, I've got my moment and I've got to say it and not forget what I want to say and not be, I don't know. It's about power really, isn't it? You don't want your power to be taken away from you or for you to be somehow become less, right? So what is the advice that you give to people when you work with them? I mean, in these two separate situations, one you have speaking in front of a lot of people, and the other one is maybe negotiating with someone who has a higher perceived uh, position than you. I mean, for me, it really boils down to, you know, like for example, people say um, imposter syndrome, Fraud. Mm. These are things that come up, right? Yes. Personally, I don't like those phrases for specific reasons, which include things like that are condemning. You can condemn yourself. Oh, I'm an imposter. I can never do this. Or somebody else can condemn you. You, you don't have the credentials. You are a fraud, right? Um, it, I like to, again, break it down. All right. What it boils down to is the three C's. I call it the three C's. So you, it's about you feeling comfortable, credible, and consistent in the way that you show up. So feeling comfortable, credible, and consistent in the way you are equals you are confident. Instead of some, because let's say, um, let's say you are up for a promotion if you work in a company, or you um, are pitching for business if you own your own company, for example, yeah? People do walk away thinking things like, that person isn't confident. So it's a label, a, 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 a takeaway feeling. But when you break it down into, okay, what is it about that interaction or that person that makes that feeling happen? Is it that they are not comfortable in how they are? Literally, physically, like literally, it's about what you're wearing as well. You know, like, am I comfortable? Am I okay? Do I feel like me in this? That's one comfortable in what you are talking about. So credibility is key. If you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't blinking be talking about it, okay? So you go and you find out your facts mm -hmm. or you hand over to the right person. And consistent, what do I mean? It means if you want to be known for something specific and you have the opportunity to share or be part of something and you say no, what, wait a minute, are you the person who is supposed to be known for this or not? Are you the person that we're supposed to come to for this thing or not? So, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of things, but it boils down to if you want to be, I don't like the word confident, but if you want to be, let's say, confident, then you need the three C's. You need to be comfortable in how you are, what you're saying, what you're doing. That comes from having credibility. That is at the core of everything as far as I'm concerned. And being consistent in how you show up. 
So what's your messaging? You know, literally, like, I am the go-to person for this stuff. I own this space. This is me, yeah? But when it starts, the general thing, but maybe some more practical advice is this. If you are speaking in front of a group of people on stage, in a meeting, whatever, uh, if you're in a meeting, I would always advocate standing up. I am standing doing this. I prefer to stand, but also the way you come across is different. Um, if you are standing on stage and doing it, think to yourself, if everybody forgets everything you've, you say and they remember one thing, what's that one thing that you want them to remember? You know, what's the most important thing? Define it. Start with it. End with it. When you start, look down the room, look across the stage, you know what? Look out there, start with your big piece, you know, Idea. three sentences, yeah? And then end with that as well. Sure, you can have your, your cheat sheet, you know, your, your cards or whatever it is that you want to have. But if you, you start, you end, you know that one thing, and at the core, and this is where people get things so wrong, it's about what I call stakeholder-centric communication, meaning, sounds so boring, right? It means- Sounds complicated. The, yeah, exactly, I'll just complicate it. It means that the stakeholder you want a yes from, so it could be a potential client, a child, uh, your partner in life, your boss, your team member, whoever it is you need that yes from, that's your stakeholder. It's about looking at things from their perspective. Why should they care about this thing that you want them to say yes to? It's really that simple, mm -hmm. but, people don't do this you said uh, when we started you said that every every person needs this right it's not fair for these uh, communication training to be offered only to leaders and ceos and so on and it's it's interesting that you say that because i speak to a lot of entrepreneurs um, and a lot of them are technologists or product people and they are really lacking that storytelling aspect and, and there's one thing in common, by the way, that I, that I hear a lot. A lot of them dread pitching their business to investors. Uh, there's, there's that fear, there's this uncomfortable feeling of going out to an investor and pitching your business. Um, does, it, does that go back to the, the three th Cs that you just discussed? Yes, uh, it does in the sense of you have to, okay, have to is really like, what's that mean? So you have, you're going to pitch to an investor, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing, the, the way I do things is this. I like to break everything down to mm -hmm. really simple things. So who's the stakeholder? It's the investor, right? What, did they, what do you want from them? You want them to say, yes, I will give you money, <laughs> right? Essentially, yes. or something. Um, so what's the first thing that you look at? It's why should they care about what you're doing? because you want their interest. You know, I have a pyramid in my um, program that I've created, and it's called the hierarchy. I think I called it the hierarchy of a brilliant communicator, okay? Uh -huh. Something else. And the, at the bottom is um, information. Just lots and lots of information. And then the middle one is education. So you take the information, but you package it up or you share it in a way that the other person can get something out of. And then the top one is interest. If you can do one thing, it is interest people, not inform them, yeah? So I, have a, I write poems. I mean, God, I'm so boring. So, so uh, one of the lines is, uh, what is it? It's interest, not inform. Let this be your communicating norm. <laughs> so you stick in your head, all right? And that's the thing. So always think, I have a stakeholder, somebody I need to get a yes from. Mm -hmm. What are the things that they 
are scared of and the things that give them immense pleasure. So pain and pleasure. If it's an investor, what are they most scared of, Lulu? Losing their money. Losing their, their reputation money. as well. Exactly. So it's that. But it, and the two go together, right? Because mm -hmm. like you made a silly call on that, right? Um, so that's the, what, if I was pitching to somebody, what, what would be a very high up thing that I would address? It would be that. It would be like not saying, it's not saying, don't worry, you're not going to lose your money with me. It's not like that. <laughs> it's about saying, look, this is a market that is doing this. Big data tells us that I am doing this because there's this gap or problem, <laughs> gap, problem, need. And this is how the product fixes it. You see, so it's, it's lining up the information so that the investor, the stakeholder you want to yes from, starts paying attention because it's like, oh, 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 there's a market. It's yeah. growing. There's this problem and you know how to solve it, you know, <laughs> and it's easy and it's cheap and it's, you know, whatever else. And then the rest comes in. So the, the tip of the triangle is interest, not inform. Because if you can interest people, they will go off and inform themselves if they have to. They'll go and do a, a search or they'll pay attention. Yeah. So if there's one thing you want to do, it's interest people. But there's another thing that you need to be in order to nail it, which is how you come across. So the two Ps, uh, presence and perception, right? Your presence, what is presence? What is presence? Like, uh, okay, how would you define it? I'll tell you how I define it, okay? Because, you know, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, but, yeah, perception is the feeling that people have about you even when you're not in the room. That's how I mm -hmm. see it, right? So even when you're not there, oh yeah, Lulu, she's like this. You know, it's like, yeah, it's your, it's the presence and perception, these two Ps, yeah? So presence is like, oh, what's that feeling that people got from being in your mm -hmm. company, yeah? Uh, that's what they remember more than anything else. Like, really great person. Loved being around them. Can't remember anything they said, but it was really great person, you know? Now, perception is actually more important than presence because perception, and per perception is what people think about you when you're not there. It, it dictates what people offer you or don't offer you because they make decisions about you based on judgment calls. And it could be, Lulu, we're inviting you to be part of this team because we perceive you as somebody who is able, capable, brilliant at this. Or Lulu, we're not inviting you because you just, and this is a true thing, you just gave birth, not you. I mean, this is yes. a situation that happened, yeah? Um, you gave birth, so we're not even going to talk to you about this, even though you are the best person for this role. Do you see? So, I mean, these are different bits of thing, but bits of, of, of how to navigate this sort of stuff of being in the mix. And I think the biggest question to ask ourselves, if you want things like to be considered is, when an opportunity that is great for you or for your product, yeah, if you're, you're selling something, comes up, do the decision makers, do they think of you or not? Mm -hmm. Because it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you and their perception of you right? So back to your entrepreneurs who are worried about pitching. If, and it's the same speaking on stage, it's, it's down to the core thing. If people, humans, we don't feel 
comfortable with what we are going to be sharing, then that comes, that leaks out. And it's not necessarily because you don't know what you're talking about, but you're just not comfortable for whatever reason. So it is about breaking it down, building it up, good solid foundations. And it's how do I do it? Learn how to do it, whatever it is that your issue yeah. is. And practice. And always from the perspective of the stakeholder you want a yes from. There's a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Binod Shankar, he once told me, if you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. I think, yes. I think that has a lot to do with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a case of like, you know, literally running through. This is why they have crisis management, for example. You know, it's like, what? What is the worst that can happen? Let's run through all the scenarios, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's about saying literally, putting yourselves in that, in that other person's shoes and thinking, but what if they say no? What if they think my idea is ridiculous? What if they ask me a really simple question and I don't have an answer? You know, yeah, it is about really running through um, scenarios and thoughts. Yeah, not yeah. from your perspective, from other people's perspective. Key. I guess it is hard to be good at things. It's not easy. Like you have to work hard on, on getting there. You have to prepare. You have to work on yourself, improve yourself. I think people sometimes look at successful people and they think it's an overnight success or they were born that way, but it's hard. You know, um, so I like the idea of uh, relentless consistency, mm -hmm. okay? So it's the idea of being consistent is key, meaning if you're going to commit to doing something once a week, you blinking do it once a week, right? So yes. an example would be, this what we're doing now you know you're committing so you show up right and yes. my guess is imagine your guest never showed up i'm sure you would uh talk to yourself i mean you'd you create uh something that fills the gap because you are consistent it's not about perfection it's being relentlessly consistent and just keep doing the work absolutely not about perfection none of that that's or passion yeah, I mean, you can't be relentless. I think it's persistent. Like Persistence. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's a bit, a bit like being, you know, having a Rottweiler, you know, get a bit between your teeth and you just keep going. Yeah. Some people <laughs> don't like, you know, there are some people who might think that you are intense is a word, you know. You're intense because you're very consistent and relentless and persistent mm -hmm. and all this stuff. That's okay. They can think that. You know, own it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> so is it, is it innate or, or are people born this way? Or is it something that you can learn to be this great communicator? Is it hard work, persistence, effort? Or it's either you have the presence, you go into a room, or you don't? You know, I actually believe that... Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, give me anyone and they will definitely be better. Yeah. And you turn them around to them. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it depends, you know, there's, it's about being better, but in a comfortable way. So, all right. Are you born this way? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Some people maybe, I actually think it's about um, childhood experiences and stuff like that. You know, like um, what is it? Somebody once said, you know, if you've had a happy very safe, secure childhood where nothing has ever happened, then mediocrity is your route because, <laughs> you know, 
That's you don't it. have a chip but on your knows? shoulder. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I mean, it could be a chip. It could be the fact that you had to navigate certain things very young. So you've acquired certain skills that then serve you in a different way when you're older. So who knows? Nature, nurture. My thing is, if anybody wants to be better, talk to me. Seriously, mm -hmm. if you've had bad experiences or anything similar, I'll give you an example. I was speaking at an event and uh, walked off stage and somebody ran over. I want to be like you, you know, that kind of thing. And um, started asking me and they actually said that they had hired somebody, a coach to do public speaking and so on. And they gave me an example of what this person had said to them. So one of the examples was, don't stand like this, stand like that. And it was something simple, like, I don't know, leaning on one leg or whatever, you know, very superficial. Why am I saying this? Because looking at these very, again, what I call surface level things, isn't the way to go about building the foundation of being really okay doing this, right? But also it robs you of what makes you, you. If you want to stand on one leg more than the other, go mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. You know, the thing is, it's about embracing what's different. And this is what a lot of people who, you know, there are people who teach who have never done the thing, right? But there are people who teach who still do the thing, do you see? So if you've never moderated, chaired, um, been in the media, trained people who do this, your way of doing it is most likely that you've learned it off of either coursework or somehow, you know, it's not learned experience. Yes. My thing is, it's about reality. I call this reality-based everything, training, living, fact-finding. It's about reality, not rhetoric, right? So it's not about stripping away what makes you different. If anything, it's about leaning into what makes you different and stand out. If we're all samey, samey, who cares? Right? When, when you and I spoke you, earlier, you talked about raising your profile, that it's, it's very important that you raise your profile so that you can get what you want. And you also mentioned right now that, you know, if you, if you raise your profile in the right way, then you will be called on for opportunities. You can be top of mind. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. I really like that. Mm -hmm. So what, what is your advice for people to do that? Um, hmm. Okay, so if people are listening or watching and they want to do this, grab a piece of paper, all right? Uh, here's my question to you. What three words do people think of when they think of you? So what are the three things that they associate with you? Write it down and be honest with yourself, okay? So write it down. You know, it could be, I am the tech person or I am the tea person, you know, whatever it is, okay? Or I am the difficult person or I am the kind person who explains things nicely. Whatever that thing is, write it down. Three words that people associate with you. I would say do this for your personal life and your professional life. So two different lists. Then think to yourself, okay, what are the three words I want them to associate with me? Okay. Again, personal and professional life. Now look at the list. Do the words match up? So in other words, what people think of you, perceive you to be, do they match up with what you want to be and want to be known for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one thing just to get your juices going like, oh, yeah. And then literally deliberately deciding what are the three words? So Lulu, what are the three words you want people? Lulu is just three words. Go on then. Oh, <laughs> you're doing this to me again. <laughs> yes. Trustworthy. 
reliable, supportive. Okay, so I'm going to do this again, though, and say to you, from the perspective of what you do and want to be known for, what are the three words they would associate with you? That's a difficult question. Um, someone who's a connector, someone who connects people, who knows a lot of people and is willing to make these connections to help people across the board. Uh, someone who is you know, the go-to person when it comes to investing in startups in the region, whether it's for advice or potentially fundraising. I have to come up with a third one. <laughs> okay, but I mean, in fact, those are big things, so they can be broken yes. down into things, you know what I mean? Okay. So that's great, that's brilliant. So what you're saying is, um, at the core is, you are the the startup person, person. right? Yeah, that's right. And so this was going to be my next thing, which is like, okay, so you've got the three words that you want people to associate with you. So for example, it could be if somebody doesn't know you and they happen upon you through this, this um, series, mm -hmm. it could be like, oh yeah, Lulu is the podcast woman who talks about startups, right? Mm -hmm. For example, or talks about how to support startups, right? So that, do you see? So it's like, what are you doing that means people have a certain perception of you. That's one thing. But the other thing that's really important is what do you want to establish yourself as and define those three words? Now, from that, you go and then you do the next step, which is, okay, so what are you the go-to person for? And again, there are two things here. I want everybody who's listening, you've still got your list, right? And I want you to write down what you are the go-to person for, for people around you, in your personal, in your professional life. I'll give you an example. At home, I am the go-to person for everything that's missing. I have a superpower, which is like, mommy, where is the blah, blah, blah? And I know exactly, even if I don't use it, third cupboard on the, you know, that kind of thing. So like, that's what, and, but that's a debilitating go-to, right? Because it means it takes up my time, my energy, my brain space. And it's not helping the people who need to learn how to do this themselves. So I would define that, oh, I'm the go-to person for everything that's missing, but that's not good because it, you know, it needs to be sorted. So that's what I'm saying. In your life, in your professional, in your personal, what are you the go-to person for? I find that, and especially women, by the way, more than men, they become the go-to person for something they're good at, but it keeps them really stuck. Okay. So it could be Jane from accounts or Maryam from IT. You know, everybody comes out with the three repeated questions over and over again. I was like, actually, I don't want to be the go-to person for this because it's taking me away from what I want to be doing next in my career, in my life, yeah? What are you the go-to person for right now? What do you want to be the go-to person for and known for? Do they match? Mm -hmm. Chances are, most likely, often, they don't. So, okay, what are you doing then about make, making that match? And that's where the raising your profile really comes into play. And I call it permission-free raising your profile. You don't need a gatekeeper to say, yes, you can do this. A simple example would be, imagine, I mean, it's what you're doing, Lulu, right? Imagine people who don't want to have all the setup and everything, and they go, okay, I'm going to do a LinkedIn Live once a week. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to answer my three most often asked questions, for example, because I am showcasing my brilliance and expertise through this, and I want to be known for it. You don't do it that way if you don't want to be known for that and you want to move away from it. If you want to move away from that towards something that's next for you, then you start showcasing that stuff. You become the go-to person for the next thing. And the big thing is that don't wait for like, oh, 
I got the promotion. Oh, I got the contract. No, if you want to be known for that specific thing, you need to be and have it. You need to be it, credible, knowledgeable. You have the skills, the tools, the, the stuff like, yes, you are this person. You need to have the skills and tools. If you don't have them, go and get them and the experience and you behave it. And if you think about it, Lulu, be, have makes behave, right? Mm -hmm. Be and have is behave. So it's about how we behave. If you behave it in the way you come across, the way you, what you're saying, literally in the way you dress, if you want certain types of roles and perceptions, it's the way it is, then you need to blinking behave it. And you can't behave it if you don't have the building blocks. I I can't I couldn't agree more with this. I think do it is something that people are terrified of doing. They spend so much time thinking about things, analyzing, planning. Sometimes I see it with entrepreneurs that spend a year on a business plan while, you know, in startup land, one year could literally your idea is probably not even valid anymore. So I think people spend too much time on perfecting things. When I started this podcast, I just I thought about it. I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. I have a big network. I want to share the learning. I want to give back. And that's how it started. I had no idea how to do cameras or sound or I, I, I wasn't, I still am not this great moderator. It's a learning, it's a, it's, it's a learning process that I have to go through that I've been going through for the past three years. It's just that you just go and do it. And people just are terrified of that. They think, oh, I have to be great at interviewing people before I start a podcast, but how, the, how is it going to happen if you don't start? Yeah. And by the so, way, I see this more in corporate. I think entrepreneurs, you, you have this kind of just do it mentality. You go mm -hmm. out there, you get it. And in, in the corporate world, when I work with people in the corporate world, they are completely debilitated. But you know, that's a part, a big part of that is because, um, so there are people who launch themselves onto the world, okay? And it's, it's, it's literally permission-free, no gatekeepers. I'm just, I'm going, for, this is, get out of the way, you know, like I'm going to do it. And then there are people who need the permission and the yes. And people who work in the corporate world, they really need that yes a lot of the time um, because of the way it's structured, because of the, again, perception of them, will if this doesn't happen or if they come across in a certain way, will they be considered for that next role? You know, there's a lot more riding on decisions being made that they're not in control of the ingredients of, if that makes sense. So an example would be when I, when we, when I, when I would need to interview somebody to comment on something that's happening or as an expert or whatever. Oh my goodness, if I went through um, a company, a corporate structure, it was a nightmare, okay? Because, I mean, the story would end, you know, it'd be next week, next month. But if you speak to somebody who is an entrepreneur or works themselves, or it's a very different mentality again, because they are at liberty to say yes or no. They make their own decisions. It, it, it's really painful, actually, to be perfectly honest, because the corporate world would benefit so much more if they let go. Yeah, the, the actual structures of the companies, I believe, would, instead of everybody waiting and playing it safe and not being held accountable for something if it goes wrong, don't make people, don't punish them if it goes wrong. You know, don't have that thing hanging over their heads. And if you think about it, it all comes back down to the same thing, which is not being made to look like a fool in some way. Yeah, that initial thing that we started with. And is that something that you feel women suffer more from? 
you, you have a focus on women, you create a cheese strategy, you want to help empower women to get what they want, to communicate more effectively. Are we more prone to, to judgment? So um, let me take a step back, which is at the core of everything that I do is communicate, right? Mm -hmm. And because I was, let's say, exclusive, you know, it's like people who run things uh, and I would be, it's by invitation. Nima, would you come and do this? Yes. Come and train us? Yes. And most of the people, nearly exclusively, all of them, were men, actually. Yeah. So I didn't actually work with women. I worked with men. And I still do in that sphere of things. Even when I'm, um, say, chairing or moderating a conference, it is mostly men. Mm -hmm. Mostly men still today. So in those circles, mostly men, I still do that. And I still do the communicate, which is at the core. Now, a couple of things happened and I decided, wait a minute, this isn't fair. <laughs> Women aren't present and they lose out. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. And so I created something called She Strategy, getting women seen, heard, empowered, because women are the biggest losers, ultimately financially. You know, if you look at what the return on life is, it's the ability to have choice and dignity, as far as I'm concerned. And you have more choice and unfortunately more dignity when you have choice, which comes from a financial security and safety blanket. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why She Strategy was created. And I'll tell you a bit more about the big data side of this. But then I thought, and especially literally looking at the work that you're doing and thinking, this is crazy because people keep on asking me for this. I've just created um, something to help people like who are entrepreneurs get access to my skills through a membership program called learncommunicate.com. I keep it simple, learncommunicate.com, right? Yeah. And that, again, is about leaning into your ability, ambition, getting across what you need, want, and do so that you can get to wherever your thing is, you know, the, the, stay on your path, get to wherever that thing is that you really want for yourself. So this, these three things, the people at the top, women and people like entrepreneurs who take ownership of their life and I want to help them get what they want, it all comes from the communicate piece. How do you communicate what you need, want, and do? But if we look at big data, Women are much more likely to die broke than men, okay? If we look at big data, oh my goodness, you know, 90 plus percent of single parent households are led by women. And they are the biggest growing poverty group. Women who head up single parent households, so single parents or mothers, and women in older age. So the face of old age poverty is female. I am very interested in behavioral economics and money and life and so on. And I've done a lot of work in this area. And guess what, Lulu? It links directly back into the communicate thing. Because if you have the, the, the toolbox, the skills to communicate what you need to stay okay. For example, simple examples. I need to start work half an hour later every day or every Tuesday. But it's about putting it in a way that the stakeholder who needs to say yes, says yes. So you need to know lots of facts around things. It means to do with the work that I do. Everything is based on facts and then how to build up your case. Yeah. In a really simple way, very simple structure, but to get interest and increase the chance of getting your yes. So the women's stuff is not so much about, you know, it is about big data. 
That's what this is about for me. I look at big data. I am very happy for the individual stories that make it. You know, you are an individual outlier, Lulu, right? I am an outlier, right? We are outliers. Hooray for us. <laughs> but the majority, they are struggling, okay? Doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter what anything. They have certain struggles and it keeps them poor if you look at big data and that's rubbish, okay? So yeah, it's a, it's a very mixed bag. My big thing is this. I like people to have the toolbox to do something themselves. I call this the ultimate DIY, <laughs> DIY moment. <laughs> you know, if something's going on in your life, in your sphere, don't wait for a government to make a decision or a company to allow you or whatever. Do it yourself. If it means that you leave, you leave and you start your own business. I'm a great advocate of that, by the way. Mm -hmm. If it means that you want to stay in the corporate structure, you don't, again, you bring about the change that you need. And it could be a simple thing like, I need to work a half day today or whatever it is. You know, again, I'm simplifying, yeah? But it's no good saying do this if people don't have the toolbox to be able to get across what they need, want, and do in a way that gets yes. So I'm fed up hearing that women should put their hand up and step up when they don't have the blinking toolbox to do it in a comfortable, credible, consistent way. So well, yeah, the women piece, yes. Sorry, the women piece, yes. It's because actually uh, a couple of things happened, but I look at big data and I've looked at, um, you know, since the last economic crisis, 2007, 2008, I have done a lot of work in behavioral economics. So again, it's about behavior. If you think about it, it's all about behavior, whether it's communicating or how, what you do with your money, but the, they are linked because if we can get across what we need, want, and do, we earn more by default because either you stay working for longer or you earn more when you work because you have raised your profile and people want to pay you more because they want you. You know, you're not the only person who's got this ability and skill. So why should they choose you? Now imagine people come to you instead of you mm -hmm. coming to them. You have different leverage then, yeah? Nima, you've left us with, with a lot to think about. It was extremely helpful. I felt like um, I'm in a masterclass. I love the, the exercise that you've given us about writing the, the three words that you associate with yourself with and that people associate you with and, and, and working on that gap, raising your profile. Of course, I invite everybody to check out your website. Can you repeat that again? So the one I think that will be most appropriate to your community would be communicate. So learn communicate.com. Learn communicate. Really simple. And by learn communicate, you learn how to raise your profile as well. If it's the women, it's called she-strategy.com. If it's a woman who wants to dive into the women's perspective, which is also, uh, it also includes communication. But yeah, for your community, I would say learncommunicate.com. Easy, says what it does on the tin. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Nima, for your time. I really enjoyed this. No, thank you. And can I say, I love what you're doing because uh, sometimes people think, oh, everybody knows this, you know? Mm -hmm. But actually we don't, we forget, right? So it's really important that, you know, you, you, you do the work that you're doing, I think, because it always helps somebody. So there's somebody out there who will say, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for that, for saying that. I, it really means a lot to me. Thank you. And yeah, learn by doing. Yes, I love own it. it, own it. <laughs> <laughs> Take okay. care, Lulu. Any Thank questions? you, Dima. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Conversations with Lulu with Nima Abuwerde. I do hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out the show's website, conversationswithlulu.com. You can also reach out to me on all social media platforms at Lulu Hazen. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. And do consider leave us a rating and a review. It does help in getting the show discovered. I wish you love and light and see you in a few weeks. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit capital.com and start your trading journey today.